So somehow in our internet podcast, we've managed to avoid doing Bitcoin stories. But I guess it kind of makes sense because that's not really the kind of story we usually angle towards. Right. Also, I'm not even sure we understand it. Well, I'm not sure you understand it. I you a, understand Bitcoin? I have a pretty good idea of how it works. I think we have the same level of Bitcoin understanding. And I think you just have more hubris. Hubris! Not a thing. What? Saying hubris loudly? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> it's like fetch. I'm going to make it happen. Moving on. <laughs> the most compelling thing to us is the constant desire to unmask the creator behind Bitcoin. Bitcoin was created by someone who calls himself Satoshi Nakamoto. And basically since it sort of took hold in the tech imagination in 2009 or so, people have been looking for whoever made it. Right. And so there's this sort of almost like template for the who is Nakamoto's story, which is like – we found this guy. We know that he was involved in the early parts of Bitcoin. He has an experience in like crypto stuff and he bought Bitcoins early. This could be Nakamoto. The biggest version of this story was the Newsweek one. They outed a guy who was actually named Satoshi Nakamoto and they did it in sort of the most melodramatic way possible. The reporter started the article with this incredibly dramatic scene of confronting this Satoshi Nakamoto in his driveway and Nakamoto calling the police on her. And that story took hold for about four hours before people started to doubt that that was the actual Satoshi Nakamoto. And since then, there's been other suspects. There was one last week, Alex, right? His name's Nick Sabo. In the exact same way, he's described as, quote, a well-known name in cryptography circles. So it's just the cycle repeating itself. You're going to feel so dumb if he turns out to be the guy. But... We have a story this week about another guy who might be Nakamoto. Um, we're, we're not doing it on the show because we think it's interesting to unmask this guy. We're doing it for a different reason. And the person who will explain all this is Chris Neary. Okay. Before we go any further, I'll be honest. I don't think that Hal Finney, the suspect in question here, is the creator of Bitcoin. There are people who disagree, but for me, this is a story about something else. It's about how a wild goose chase in search of one brilliant inventor revealed another one who'd been hiding in plain sight for decades. Our wild goose chase starts at a bar when Wired reporter Andy Greenberg got a tip. A guy over drinks laid out the whole theory for me that Hal Finney was the mastermind behind the whole thing. Because Hal Finney actually was the first to respond to the posting of the Bitcoin white paper on the cryptography mailing list where it first appeared. So maybe he had pretended to discover it there. Maybe he was both sides of the conversation and he had faked the whole thing. There are good reasons to suspect Hal Finney. He is an appealing candidate for Bitcoin inventor. He was the second ever developer of PGP, or Pretty Good Privacy, an incredibly important encryption software. And for years, he lived in Temple City, California. It's a town of just 35,000 people, not far from the Newsweek Nakamoto. It seemed like how could these two guys live literally like eight or ten blocks away from each other? and be the possible first and definite second ever users of Bitcoin and not have somehow collaborated on this. Andy sent a sample of Hal's writings to a linguistics lab to compare it to the writing of the Satoshi Nakamoto who did invent Bitcoin. But before he got the results, he called Hal's house. Hal's wife, Fran, picked up the phone and speaking for Hal, very politely told Andy that her husband did not create Bitcoin. But then just after that, I got the response from Yola and Associates that said, this is the best candidate we've ever seen. It's better than any candidate really we've ever analyzed who might have been Satoshi Nakamoto. In fact, we think you may have found Satoshi Nakamoto. 
and just reading that in an email, you know, it it's kind of just an exhilarating sentence. We think you may have found Satoshi Nakamoto. Andy called the Finney House again. This time, Fran invited him to come to California so he could talk with Hal face-to-face. Before I tell you how that went, here's Fran. I spoke with her on the phone. Hal Finney is my husband. We've been married since uh, July of 1979. So that's coming on uh, onto 15 years. Is that right? Years. Uh, 35 years. I meant 35, but I'm thinking the five? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, okay, we're coming on 35 years. Hal's got a lot of passionate interests. He read Anne Rand in high school. He worked as a video game developer after college. After that, he became a cryptography expert. Bitcoin just seemed like another one of those things. I first became aware of it a few years ago when Hal used Bitcoins to purchase Christmas gifts for us. What did he buy as gifts? (laughs) He bought us a brand new television for our family room. He bought me a pair of really cool alpaca socks and some coffee, and he gave our two children each a 25 Bitcoin gold piece. These are not the gifts a secret billionaire buys his family for Christmas. However, there was one more reason Andy thought Hal could be the inventor of Bitcoin. Around the same time Satoshi Nakamoto began to disappear, Hal Finney got sick. He's been struggling with a fast-progressing ALS, which people often know as Lou Gehrig's disease, or in Europe they call it motor neuron disease. Mm -hmm. Hal is sitting in a motorized wheelchair, which we drive for him, and he's hooked up to a ventilator, which breathes for him. Uh, He has a computer monitor on his wheelchair. He's able to do things with it, but recently he's had a lot of difficulty with that because he uses his eye movement to control his monitor and his eyes aren't moving that well anymore. Part of the reason the Finneys agreed to talk to Andy is to make the case in public that Hal isn't Nakamoto. About a year ago, they got an extortion threat from someone who assumed that, as the inventor of Bitcoin, Hal must have amassed a huge amount of wealth. When Andy got to the house, he asked Hal if he was the creator of Bitcoin. He felt that, journalistically, it was important to ask Hal in person. He just slightly lowered his eyes, almost imperceptibly, which his wife explained to me meant no. And then just to be sure, I asked him what a yes looked like, and he raised his eyebrows and his eyes, and it was a very clear contrast. Andy wanted to believe Hal. But the thing that finally convinced him was hard evidence. Hal's old Gmail account shows that he corresponded with someone named Satoshi Nakamoto in 2009, Andy says those timestamps would be hard to fake. And because Bitcoin's had almost no value at that time, it's hard to imagine how would somehow forge a two-way conversation with himself. Also, Andy had the writing of the Satoshi Nakamoto in those emails analyzed and found it was a better match for the original Bitcoin white paper than anyone, including Hal. But if Hal Finney isn't Satoshi Nakamoto, how is it that he ended up looking so much like Bruce Wayne to Nakamoto's Batman? Hi, my name is Hal Finney. I sent Hal five questions. He only had energy to answer two. It takes him 30 minutes to write 10 words. We spoke over a bad phone line, so you're going to hear Hal's son Jason read Hal's answers for clarity. I asked Hal why he helped the real Nakamoto, a stranger to him on the internet, create Bitcoin. I do give recognition and approval from doing open source projects. I do get recognition and approval from doing open-source projects. I was particularly fascinated with Bitcoin. I had done some work, open-source, 
Of course, in the same general area and I had for a long time been interested in financial cryptography. I was particularly fascinated with Bitcoin. I had done some work, open source, of course, in the same general area, and I had for a long time been interested in financial cryptography. Hal spent his life building, or helping to build, amazing but invisible infrastructure. Before he got sick, Hal helped build the open source software that now allows him to use his eyes to control his power wheelchair. The encryption software Hal worked on is what let Edward Snowden safely talk to Glenn Greenwald. And then there's Bitcoin. I think we always do want to find the singular inventor of a technology. Andy Greenberg. But Bitcoin's code has been 70% rewritten. In fact, it is a community-created tool. And Hal Finney is as much the creator of Bitcoin as probably thousands of other people. It would be nice to know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. But every Satoshi Nakamoto has untold Hal Finney supporting him, making the brilliant idea actually work. Two weeks ago, I got an email from Fran. She said that since I spoke with him, it's become even harder for Hal to communicate. With regard to her interview, she wrote, Hal's happy we were able to get you something. TLDR was produced this week by Chris Neary, History's Greatest Monster, PJ Vote, and me, Alex Goldman. Our executive producer is Kat Splodgers. Our engineer is the defalizer Jen Munson. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Production assistance from Katie Mancher. Special thanks this week to Lisa Pollock. You can follow us collectively on Twitter at TLDR or individually as at PJ Vote and at A Goldmund. That's A-G-O-L-D-M-U-N-D. It's a very clever and funny name. You should follow me and you should not follow PJ. We'll post a link on the blog to a site where you can send a donation to Finney's family for house care. You're welcome to pay in bitcoins. And as a reminder, we are TLDR. <laughs>